irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist, and I am available to meet with you through remote sessions on Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, and by phone, wherever you may be listening from anywhere in the world. Please reach out to me through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It is the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy.com. And it's spelled N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. That is also how you can connect with me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NOLA Therapy. I have been trying to um, really be authentic about my social media and post when I feel moved to and not when I don't. I know sometimes we can get caught up in comparing ourselves to others and their following. And I've been really mindful in the last few months to just make it authentic and, and just be um, like tuned into myself and just say things that are really important to me that I want to share with you. So if you're out there comparing yourself, I'm going to encourage you to shift to comparing yourself to yourself. And actually my guest today, Christine Van Lu, who I'll be introducing in moments, she's going to help us with that and how we can expand our mindset and transcend our limiting beliefs. That is a value really important to me. The mission of this podcast is to change consciousness one conversation at a time through my different guests and the conversations we have that you get to be a part of. So, um, I, I also offer through my website an online class. It is 20 psycho-spiritual techniques that you can use in your life, things like how to create a crystal grid in your home and office, how to create an altar with objects of significance to you, a special place in your home, how to use a pendulum, how to meditate, different hands-on techniques that I've used in my life that have culminated in the book I also have available for sale. It's called The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. It is endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, and available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and my website has all of those links for you at NOLA Therapy. Check that out. Join my email list, follow me on social media, and subscribe to this podcast. And I would love for you to give me a written rating. It helps boost this podcast on iTunes. Okay. It is not often that I get to have a dear friend on my show who's also just an amazing human being. Christine Van Lu is a worldwide mindset and peak performance speaker. And her life and experience just her accolades and her accomplishments say it all. Christine is an Olympic female athlete of the year, of the Olympic female athlete of the year for sports acrobatics. She is athlete of the decade. She's a master aerialist instructor. 
and this is not an extensive list of her accomplishments. Christine has performed at the Grammys twice, at the American Music Awards, in Madison Square Garden, the Sydney Opera House. I mean, the largest venues in the world with Paul McCartney. She's choreographed for other musicians, their aerial acts. She has been featured in National Geographic, Time Life Books, on NBC, BBC News, PBS, CBS, and many other places. And Christine has been my aerial trainer when I was like doing the silks for fitness. And Christine, I just welcome you. And I'm so happy you're taking your time out to be with us. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well. Um, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm just sitting a tortoise for a friend. A tortoise? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How big? It's actually a little one. He's a little guy. His name is oh, Marley. So, oh, that's so sweet. Marley the tortoise. That's, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that today. That's a delightful surprise. <laughs> I never know what you're doing or where you are in the world because you have lived <laughs> and traveled extensively uh, all over our planet. Yes, that's true. I'm always somewhere different. <laughs> so, you know, you've been, you've been out in the world being a speaker, keynote on mindset and peak performance. What do you want to share with us today? Um, I'd love to share some stories on how to peak your confidence. I think that would be fun. I would love that. Okay, cool. Um, I can start with this. I think, I believe I told you this story in the last time, the last time I spoke with you. Is that okay? But it kind of shoots off other no, things please, from there. You were, you were last on the show several years ago. So I think it does help to kind of recap whatever you would like and bring us up to date. Okay, great. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the idea of flying. I mean, I had tons of flying dreams, and I spent all my time jumping off chairs, flapping my arms. Um, and then 20 years later, I found myself working for an entertainment company in Florida, as one does. <laughs> um, I, it was like a miserable experience for me because I had to wear this hideous, neon, psychedelic, full-body unitard that looked like a box of Skittles vomited all over me. I can't even imagine. <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a matching cone hat. And I had to prance around on stage, a once seven-time national champion, looking like the rainbow bright unicorn, as background eye candy for this aerial act. Now, while I was watching this aerial act, none of this spandex nonsense mattered because all I could think about was how badly I wanted to be up there flying. Well, one day my boss called and he asked Christine, would you be willing to learn three basic aerial tricks for our upcoming show? And I was like, hell yeah. So, yes. I mean, I was in my car before he hung up the phone. And every Thursday from then on, I spent four hours driving from Orlando to Miami, where I spent the remainder of each week training with an old acrobatic teammate of mine who had just retired from Cirque du Soleil. Mm. Now, <laughs> I swear this guy, Lisa, he looked like an upside down triangle because he had this like big beefy chest muscles and like this teeny little wa- waist. And long, black, flowing, jet black hair. Like a dark hair, so Fabio? Him, yeah, and that's what yeah. I nicknamed him. I nicknamed him Fabio. That's and, great. And yeah, and um, anyhow, I started, he, I started training with him on something called the Cordelis, which is a, it's like a canvas rope that hangs 32 feet from the, the ceiling. That's three stories high. And it might look like your typical high school PE rope, but imagine doing flips and dangling by one ankle on a rope and 
You can, I know. I think you've probably tried the rope. You can. No, you I've can done it. It's, it's excruciatingly painful, burning. It's so painful. The living doing anything hell on it. Your skin. Yeah. Oh my, so painful. Exactly. Exactly. Like a tourniquet, so, cutting off circulation. Yeah, constantly. it does. You're absolutely right. So I started learning the cord leaf by climbing one pole up the rope at a time, inch by inch, like a caterpillar. And the first time I managed to climb all the way to the top, so high I could touch the warehouse ceiling. It was like I had won the Olympics. I was so excited. But unfortunately, in that same moment, I my muscles turned to jello, and I slid down the rope like a fireman's pole, tearing oh. off all the skin off my palms. Oh. Yeah. And horrified, I thought, well, no more aerial for me. Only two minutes later, Fabio said, up again. And I was like, did you actually see my hands? And he said, yeah, I did, but I'm sorry, Christine, you have to build up the strength. Mm. So I kid you not, like I, I bandaged my hands in toilet paper and duct tape and I climbed that rope. Wow. <laughs> and two hours later, my hands looked like claws and my farms were swollen like Popeye's. And I got to my hotel room caked in dirt, sweat and blood. And I laid down on the bed too tired to even cry. The only thing that had energy were my thoughts but they were being really cruel to me. Like, mm. I can't do this. This is way too hard. It's too painful. I'm too old. I'm not strong enough. And now, if you if you can imagine doing pull-ups for six to eight, min eight minutes straight, which is basically the entire length of the Bohemian Rhapsody song, <laughs> I timed it, then you'll yeah. get an idea what it's like to do an aerial act. And I doubted I had that in me. So my last thought was, I'm not good enough. Now, if you're listening to this podcast now, I want you to like, by, by, I don't care where you are in your room or wherever, if you've ever avoided applying for a job or asking that special someone out for dinner or asking for a raise or speaking in public or anything because you thought you weren't good enough, please raise your hand. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, I assume you don't speak English <laughs> because... Yeah. The problem is that 85% of the population, that is four out of every five of us, according to research by Dr. Joe Rubino and other studies, lack self-esteem. It's huge, right? Mm -hmm. So the biggest obstacle to our success in business, finance, relationships, personal goals, you, you name it, isn't lack of skills, tools, knowledge, or effort. It's not believing in ourselves. Believing in yourself is the foundation for every goal you will achieve or every action you will take, every goal you will achieve, and every ounce of potential that you will fulfill. But the problem is, is that how do you get yourself to feel that confidence? Like, you know, how, if you don't, you don't. And that's what I was going through that evening in my hotel room, laying there, like, with every thought, every thought in my, every, every cell in my body was aching and every thought was telling me, you're not good enough. So um, I laid there for a long time feeling really sorry for myself. And then I got up and I packed my bags and I was on my way to go home and quit. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I got really close to quitting and I, w I was walking to the door and there was a mirror right before the door. And I looked at myself in the face and I asked myself, what do you want? Wow. What do you really, really want, you know? Yeah. And I heard this little voice, this little kid's voice inside of me say, I want to fly. 
And I thought of what Toni Morrison wrote. She wrote, if you want to fly, you have to give up the shit that brings you down. Mm. And I knew exactly in that moment what I had to give up. I had to give up being comfortable for a while. And I'm sharing this story with you and your listeners because if you want a bigger, better life, then you have to make space for discomfort. So what if, just what if, instead of judging discomfort as the enemy, you were to just accept and embrace it as part of the journey? And what if instead of, like, what if you were to train yourself to associate the discomfort of your challenges with the outcome of success? For example, like, it's, it's scary for me to get on this podcast with you and tell you, tell you guys stories about my life and stuff. But I'm, I'm training myself to associate this wildly uncomfortable feeling with the outcome of success. Mm-hmm. You know, and what if you were to allow yourself all of your feelings of, of depression and, and fear and pain and, and anger, and instead of seeing them as proof of your weakness, you were to view them as opportunities to exercise your courage on the way to your success. And in that, in that hotel room that evening, I learned my lesson. Instead of running from discomfort, I chose my dream instead. Mm. That's my first story. <laughs> Christine, you know, I was listening to you, the keynote you gave in San Diego to a women's conference recently, and I was listening yeah. to you speak about giving up being comfortable and making space for discomfort. And I happened to start listening to your talk right at a moment where I was almost going to email my new publicist who's helping me get on podcasts to promote my book to like, can we slow down? I'm feeling really overwhelmed. And when I heard you talk about that, like I realized I'm just feeling discomfort because it's so new for me to be a guest on so many podcasts. And though it's what I've wanted, I've been preparing for four years for this moments sometime when those dreams start to manifest we feel like like I don't know if I can do it and my impulse was to slow down and and when I heard you talk about you giving up being comfortable making space for this discomfort I was like hell no I'll let go of whatever I need to to be a guest on as many podcasts as I can get on a week to talk about my work that I've been nurturing for four years like I am not going to say slow down to what I've wanted so deeply. So you really helped like, you know, in sharing your own story, like being at your dream, like manifesting this opportunity and then almost walking away and deciding not to. Exactly. And that's so many of us walk away from our dreams when when we're getting there, when we're getting closer, you know? Yeah. Scared. Yeah. And instead you let go of of just being comfortable until Ariel's, to me, when I see you, it is comfortable. Like, I can't imagine you doing anything but flying. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to go on to the next point that I talked about? Okay. Well, during that same time, I left a seven-year marriage and I told him to keep everything. And I walked away with a suitcase of clothes and I threw out all the clothes. Um, I moved from Orlando to Hollywood, California, where I got a job teaching aerobics. And I rented a small unfurnished studio apartment and I slept on a broken air mattress. <laughs> wow. Basically, yeah. Basically, the only thing I had to my name besides the broken air mattress <laughs> was, this, <laughs> right, was this dream of becoming a professional aerialist. But the only thing that I could do up until that time were the three basic aerial tricks I'd learned for a show that was now over. Now, okay. I didn't have a coach. Like there weren't any 
there, there weren't any aerial studios or circus schools anywhere near me. And those that were far away were for kids. Now, for me, that to age 28, that didn't help me. Right. And YouTube wasn't the thing yet, and there weren't any aerial artistry for dummies books. Believe <laughs> me, I went to the library and checked it out. Yeah. So I had to become my own guinea pig. And because I didn't know the correct way to do the aerial wrap. Oh, my I gosh. It's so scary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. right? You've tried yeah. them. And, and because I didn't know the correct way to do them, I got tangled in a lot of knots. And because I didn't know the proper athletic clothing to wear, I have many second-degree aerial rope and fabric burns. And because I didn't know that even though one of the aerial acts I was learning is called aerial silks, which you've done with me, mm-hmm. yes, that you. You, don't actually, you don't actually work on real silk, right? It's right. some different product. It's called Trico. So I at the back of my pant leg on fire doing a slack drop on real silk. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, so, um, I really had to learn everything through trial and error. You know, I think most people don't dream big enough. I mean, you know, when you dream big enough, when your dream seems impossible, but, but Lisa, have you ever had like an impossible sounding dream and then felt overwhelmed at the magnitude of how to achieve it? Like think that's what you're yes. just talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I wanted to be an aerialist more than I wanted anything in the whole world, but I didn't feel like an aerialist. I felt like a fake. Mm. And um, I don't know. Have you ever felt like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing because I don't belong here because I don't have the skills, the ability, the, the qualification, the education, the experience that other people think I have. I felt I'm that so often. Yes. For, yeah. When I first went out to Los Angeles, I'm living in my office on a pullout couch in a rental car that was my closet going to see speakers and talk to like Marianne Williamson. And I felt yeah. like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't even have a place to live. You know, it, it was so right. scary, but I knew I was living. I knew it was unfolding that this is just steps to get to my dream. Exactly. Like you, exactly. Like you were doing. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't have the skills, ability, any of these these things. You just, I, I'm a phony. And now I learned later that this is called imposter syndrome, which I'm sure you're you're familiar with, being a psychologist. Yeah. Um, but um, imposter syndrome isn't a real syndrome, nor is it a mental disorder. But it is a real psychological experience that up to seventy percent of the people in the world suffer from, most without even being aware of, and up to a hundred percent of us have experienced. Men, women, children from all walks of life, different backgrounds, ethnicities, those of you with alcoholic or abusive parents, as well as those of you with perfect ideal childhoods. Like, there's no vaccine and there's no immunity to this. Mm. And it can hit you any time, any place, as a CEO or a parent or an athlete or a student or, as I discovered, as a fledgling aerialist. Now... I frankly had no idea how to become a professional aerialist because, I mean, it just was so new for me. Yeah. So I was suffering pretty badly from imposter syndrome. Now, if you if you're an imposter like I am, <laughs> you'll be happy to know that you are in good company. <laughs> most most high level. You feel free to cut in on me if I talk. Sure. To you. No, this is good. Okay. Most high-level 
successful people suffer from imposter syndrome. And I, I have a f- three examples that I'd love to give you, but I wanted to know if you wanted to guess them or not. Okay, three. Ask me the question again, Christine. These, yeah, these are people, three people who have who suffer have suffered from imposter syndrome, and I have quotes from them. And oh, what? Okay. Okay, I'm just going to okay. guess off the top of my head. Albert Einstein. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I didn't even say the quote yet. Okay. Um, uh, Tony Robbins. No. Yeah, I'll okay, give this... you the quotes for the other two. Okay. Why let's would do it. anyone want to see me again in a movie? And I don't know how to act anyway. So why am I doing this? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Meryl Streep. No way. Yeah. And then here's the third one. I have written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find find out now. I've run a game on everyone. They're going to find me out. I don't know who that is. Maya Angelou. Oh my gosh. Maya. I know, right? <laughs> Wow. And and Albert Einstein, I mean, these are people that we look up to in our world as, you know, the experts. And even they are suffering from imposter syndrome. What did Albert Einstein say? He said, the exaggerated esteem in which my life work is held makes me very ill at ease. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. Okay, hearing that these three individuals struggled with that, I just feel a lot more at yeah. peace with whatever, right? with anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank yeah, you I for mean, sharing I've, that. Of course. I've, I mean, I've coached world champions and Olympians and celebrities, and no amount of, of like medals or success prevents one from suffering from doubt or inadequacy. Because to some extent, we're all just winging it. <laughs> You know, even Christine, with your past, you're an Olympian. You are so decorated and awarded. And to hear that even as a gymnast and acrobat, mm-hmm. that it was hard for you to to step into this role as an aerialist. Like, wow. To me, it seems like because of your background, it would be a next logical step. But it sounds like because it was different, using the silks and cord de lis, you had to even learn from scratch. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything was from scratch for me as well. Wow. Yeah. And the high achievers, the, the ones that who, who hold themselves to their highest standards, the ones who are like pushing their areas of expertise, that, those are the people that we would think aren't suffering from the imposter syndrome, but those, those are the ones who are suffering from it the worst, <laughs> which is so, anyhow, that's what was happening to me. So it made believing in my dream tough and it made self-doubt really easy. So came up with an idea. Okay. Um, and I thought, if I can't believe this whole ambitious dream of becoming a professional aerialist, then what if I just get myself to believe the next little step toward that dream? I mean, that I could do, right? That, that everybody can do. So I reprogrammed my thinking, and I, just, I broke down my dream into its simplest components, and I just focused on what the next little teeny step was. So I didn't have to believe that I was a professional aerialist. I just had to find a place to train. Mm. And I didn't have to believe that I was a professional aerialist. I just had to buy two yards of costume fabric. (laughs) And I Mm. didn't have to believe in becoming a professional aerialist. I just had to climb that next climb up the rope that I could do. And that everybody can do, you know. And no, it wasn't easy. I mean, it's painful climbing on shredded hands. 
and it's scary climbing 50, you know, 30 feet on shredded hands. But when my wounds reopened, I I rebandaged them and I focused on the next climb. Mm. And when my wounds reopened, or when I felt afraid, I would remember something my old acrobatic coach, Yorick, used to say when I was a kid. Don't worry, Christinka. If you fall, the ground will catch you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So is that how you started to believe in yourself? Yeah, by continuing to focus on one step after a time, after another, I created a momentum of confidence through incremental wins. You know, first my hands peeled over and created a layer of of callus, and then my body started changing shape. I mean, I dropped five dress sizes, and I grew some muscles, and then the climbing got easier, and then tricks that started, you know, that felt like torture during my first class started to feel like second nature, and by... By continuing to climb, to focus on one step after the next, I, I created enough confidence to spend $6,000, which was, I have to tell you, that was like the bulk of my savings at that time, mm-hmm. to make the best video promo that I could manage. And then I quit my job teaching aerobics, and I spent my days marketing that video to one entertainment agency after the next, after the next, after the next. And Lisa, I'm telling you, I must have sent out over 300 video promos. And I, you know what I got back? <laughs> one call back. Okay. One. What was it? And she, well, she asked me to do one corporate show in Las Vegas. One. And I was thrilled because yeah. all I needed was one opportunity to prove myself. So I told her, let me check my calendar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I showed up at that venue as the consummate professional, like as if I had done that show a thousand times before. Yes. Early. Yeah. And I asked, what can I do to like make your job easier? And although I was shaking in my leotard, I was so nervous. I did an aerial act that I was proud of. And that one opportunity triggered a series of referrals that launched my career. And ever since that day, over 20 years ago, I've been traveling the world to over 50 countries as a professional aerialist. Christine, that's amazing. I was going to ask you how long ago. So that launched you into Cirque mm-hmm. de Symphony, traveling the world, performing with Paul McCartney to hundreds yeah, of thousands all of it. of people, choreographing. Yeah. I forgot what tour. Was it Britney Spears? Like choreographing her I choreographed, yeah, the first Britney Spears. Yeah, the, the amazing. first Britney Spears, yeah. How did you feel when that... Oh, the shift. That particular opportunity, or the whole thing? (laughs) The whole thing, like when you realize, like, oh my gosh, like, I did it. Oh, I, I didn't. I felt great because everything I wanted was starting to come true, and I started. And the more, the more that you step into that, that feeling. I mean, you're going to experience imposter syndrome throughout the way because every step was a step higher and like feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough for this or can I do this? Is this really me? Am I a phony? And then you do it and then you're like, wow, actually that was real. And then you have a next step higher and you're still feeling that same feeling. So, yeah, it's not like it goes away every, you know, you just grow into it and you grow that confidence as you go. You know, I'm going to go to a quick word to my sponsor. And when I want to come back to that theme of growing your confidence yeah. and transitioning into the speaking that you've been doing, because I don't imagine that 20 years ago, you knew that you'd be speaking worldwide about how to inspire oneself to live your dreams. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. 
I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. For you, the listeners of All Things Therapy, my sponsor, BetterHelp, is an online HIPAA-compliant counseling platform. And the questions to ask yourself, is there something interfering with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals, much like Christine is talking about today on the show? If so, you might need to reach out for some help. And what makes BetterHelp unique is that they're a very affordable online therapy service. You can meet through the platform on either video or phone called sessions. I used to be a provider for them earlier on in my career. And you can meet with your counselor. It's licensed practitioners weekly or every other week, whatever schedule fits you. And the therapist that they employ address a wide range of issues from depression, stress, and anxiety to LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem, much like we're talking about today. They also offer financial aid if you qualify. And as my listener, they'll give you 10% off your first month to try them out at betterhelp.com forward slash ATT. And I promote them on my show because though I'm a therapist and of course I want your business for some people, if resources are an issue, they are affordable and there's some good therapists there. So check them out at betterhelp.com forward slash ATT. If you enjoy audiobooks as much as I do, Audible is my sponsor and they will give you a free audiobook download and a one month subscription to try them out by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. And I myself just finished recording my own audiobook last week of the Chiron effect. I was in studio for two weeks reading my book over and over read do-overs and it was one of the most intense experiences of my life but also the um, most rewarding experience to be able to speak my words into existence go to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy my book will be there uh releasing in november but until then there are over hundred thousand types yes so hearing you talking about that you grew in your confidence with that one act in Vegas, I bet was just a boost. Like you got it. Like the door opens, opportunities mm-hmm. were coming your way. Was there ever, did you ever experience doubt even after that though, when you were successful flying, like were there still moments of second guessing? And if so, how did you handle those? Well, I think you're always going to suffer doubt, no matter what, how high you reach and how far you go. There's always going to be that next step up where you're like, wow, can I do this? You know, are people, am I, are people going to realize that I'm a fake, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I've definitely, and, but I think the thing is, is that knowing that is it, just knowing that is is like for me the good thing because it knows I, I know that I'm on the right path like I because you're not going to feel a feeling of doubt um or imposter syndrome if you're sitting on your on your sofa watching reruns of Lost and eating you know Cheetos <laughs> because you're <laughs> not pushing any you know you're not pushing yeah. any comfort zones so I know that I'm on the right path when I'm feeling doubt and I'm feeling scared and imposter syndrome because I know that I'm pushing something that's worthy of being pushed you know, and I just have to remember that, like, yeah, it's scary, and I don't know if I'm good enough yet, but I will be. I'm certainly not going to become good enough that I'm going to sit on my sofa, 
I have to be here pushing that this this comfort zone open and wider, you know, because I want a big life. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, also, I didn't get to ask you this. I didn't think to ask you this when I had you on the show mm -hmm. a couple years ago. But in thinking of, you know, I'm curious to know what practices do you use to take care of yourself? Like, how do you get yourself in that mindset before you step on a stage or after? Kind of what mm -hmm. do you do? And even as an Olympian, like, what is your kind of psychological practice? Yeah, well, I do. I definitely do visualization. Um, and I've done that since I was competitive acro gymnast. Um, when I was probably 15 or 16, I had a partner named Jay Groves, who's an amazing acrobat. And one day he came to the gym and he said, jump in the pit, which is like a swimming pool filled with foam, foam blocks. And I was like, okay. So we jumped in the pit and he said, get comfortable to you close your eyes. Now we had a, this trick called crazy baby that we, we, we had invented, but we couldn't do yet. It was like nobody in the planet had done this trick. Wow. And we choreographed it into our routine for nationals, which is in three months. And we still couldn't do the trick, you know? Wow. Um, so that was, we didn't have a backup plan either. So he said, close your eyes. And I want you to imagine our doing our routine three times over with crazy baby in it. And if you mess up anywhere in the routine in your mind, then you got to start from scratch and start over three times in a row. And at first it was really hard because like I hadn't done crazy baby ever. And you know, you, you, you doubt it. There's lots of doubts that you're going to be able to. So even imagining it, you make mistakes and then you got to start over. But after a while, like I did so much mental training and practicing, of course, that within three months we, we did crazy baby in our competition and we nailed it. That's and so amazing. now, yeah. And now as an aerialist as well, or as a speaker, I always, before I go out on the stage, I always imagine what I have to do doing it perfectly before I go out and it, it helps me so much. And yeah, no, that's, I definitely am a visualizer. So visualization <laughs> is, is one of your most powerful tools that you've used from when you were very young. Yes. And you can visualize, like you can visualize watching yourself doing it perfectly or being in your body and doing it. I actually always do it, doing it in my body, but it works either way. Oh, that's important to note. Yeah just whatever feels more comfortable for you. So uh, what other stories to illustrate your key points are important for us to know? Yeah, sure. Well, I have another point, which yeah. I, I like to go by. I call it create your own launch team. Um, and I'll give you a story about that. So years ago, my good friend Yevgeny Marchenko was training in an intense master of sport acro gymnastics training program in Riga, Russia, where he's from. Um, and he was required to take this high-level conditioning test that would determine whether he would pass or fail out of the program. Now, Yevgeny loves acrobatic gymnastics, partnering gymnastics sport as much as I do. So he spent months training, training his butt off for this test. He failed it. His mm. coach told him, you know, you're not strong enough. The thing is, I see something in your eyes. Go back, try again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you like my Russian accent. I love it. It's great. <laughs> so <clears throat> Yevgeny returned and he trained even harder. He came to the gym early and he left late. The test came around again. He took it. He failed again. Oh. His coach said, You're, you know, the rules say you failed. You're not good enough. The thing is, I still see something in your eye. I'm giving you one last chance. So Yevgeny came back and he trained as if his life depended on it. 
And the third time around when the test came and he took it and he passed, he saw that his coach had been right about him. Mm. Yevgeny Marchenko went on to become a five-time world champion. He's one of my heroes. And eventually, after my father, Don Van Loo, helped him and his family move to America, Yevgeny went on to coach Carly Patterson win the all-around 2004 Olympic gold medal in gymnastics. Yevgeny Marchenko was not good enough until he was. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. The thing is, is that Yevgeny was lucky because he had a coach who believed in him more than he believed in himself. And I was lucky because I had parents who believed in me more than I believed in myself. And we all need someone, at least one person or a team of people who believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. That's what I call creating your launch team. I love that. How do you work with people who might, who might not know, like who believes in me or how to begin creating that for oneself? Yeah. Well, first you have to figure out who doesn't believe in you and how close are you to them? Because there's lots of people that, that are, that talk negatively to us. Oh, you can't do that. Or you shouldn't do that. Like, who, and what are the voices that you're listening to in your head, including your own, you know, because there's a lot of doubt in our minds and we need to like distance ourselves. We need to turn that voice down. Like it's a knob in our head and we need to move backwards away from people who are telling us that we can't do things. And that's, if we pull away from the negativity, then we can start turning toward the positivity. You know, hearing you say that, Christine, there was a conversation that we had. I remember we were walking through LA, just taking a walk, talking. I don't remember if you shared it on the first show podcast you were on with me, but it was uh, mm-hmm. the metaphor of like life and correct me if this is inaccurate. Life is like our grocery cart. And remember you talk like we can put in our yeah. grocery cart, what we want. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. our listeners that story? Cause I still think about it because yeah. it was really effective. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I met a guy named Paul Bernabe on an airplane and he, he was a really nice guy and still friends with him actually. And he asked me, who are you? And I was like, I'm Christine. And he said, no, that's your name. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a fitness instructor. And he said, no, that's your job. And, and I was like, oh, well, I'm a married woman, Paul, just in case he was hitting on me. And he, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, that's your marital status. So I was like, I'm so sorry, but I don't actually understand how to answer your question. And he said, well, can you close your eyes for a moment? And I did. And I was like, this is a weird enough conversation. I thought I would follow it to its ending conclusion. (laughs) So I closed my eyes and he said, imagine that you were born into the world, an empty shopping cart. And imagine that your life is like a grocery store. And since the moment you were born, you've been rolling up and down the aisles of this grocery store and things have been falling into your cart. Some Some things on purpose and some things accidentally some people putting things in your cart and you've been rolling around the aisles of this grocery store for years now, identifying yourself as the things in this cart as a middle child or a Democrat or an acrobat or a student or whatnot. But the truth of the matter is that you are always just the cart itself. And I didn't understand this at first, but I learned my lesson six months later when my husband, when my cart tipped over and my husband and I at that time decided to end our marriage. And suddenly I wasn't his girl. I wasn't a Navy officer's wife. I wasn't, you know, I had just quit my job. So I wasn't a fitness instructor anymore. And I didn't want to live in Orlando anymore. So I wasn't a Floridian. 
and all, you know, all these things had fallen away. And I realized I was like the empty cart and I could put anything I wanted in it, but I had to be like, just make sure that everything that I put was like the best choosing that came from the best doors, you know? So you have so much precious space inside you. Is that the story that you meant? <laughs> yeah. So powerful and beautiful. Yeah. And I think now whenever I think of myself as an empty cart, I, I ask myself, what am I putting in? Is this, is this, you know, is this a hell yes or not? That's what it was. You told me a hell yes. Yeah. Is, as this, well. is this thing that I'm putting in, whether it's like, I mean, and you can ask yourself about like, is it some, whether you're buying a, a t-shirt or a Tesla or you're eating something for lunch or going on a date or marrying somebody, but whatever choice you have, ask yourself, is this a hell yes? Is it, and then is that what I'm putting in my cart? Because otherwise you're just adding mediocrity to your life and everything in your cart should be a hell yes. That is so powerful. Yes. Hell yes. Yeah. So what is next for you right now, Christine? Well, I'm buying a house this week in Georgia, which Congratulations. is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Thank you. <laughs> yes, your next steps. Yeah. And I just gave a, a speech at the women's San Diego Women's Week Leadership Conference. Yeah. So was that was pretty exciting. I'm yes. looking to do more speaking. So I'm excited for any opportunities for that to come. Um and what else? Oh, and I'm I'm in LA right now, which is kind of crazy because the air quality is in the red, and I could tell. I can had a headache for three days since I got here. Really? So crazy. how is it to be outside? Even is that difficult right now? Yeah. They, in fact, they tell you not to go outside if you can help it. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty bad with all the smoke. Yeah. So how can, how can listeners connect with you? I know on Instagram, you're at Christine Van Lu. I think on Facebook as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm on everything. My name is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-V-A-N-L-O-O. And I'm ChristineVanLu.com or I'm pretty much on Instagram and Facebook, although Facebook is mostly my friends, but um, yeah. Great. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? We have a couple more minutes. Yeah, I have one more story. Yeah, it's <laughs> a tiny it. story. This yeah. It's also about creating your, your launch team. So I co-own an aerial retreat center in Costa Rica with Jonathan Conant. And we do aerial retreats and acrobatics and flying trapeze and so forth. And on a daily basis, first-time flyers climb 22 feet up this hanging ladder to stand on this little teeny skinny board, which is like the height of a flagpole. And most of these people, like even, even like these badass guys who are like muscly with like tattoos all over their body, they're just like shaking like a wet chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scary, right? Yes. And most of them are convinced that they're not going to like get through this experience until the board worker beside them tells them, you've got this. I know you can do this. I believe in you. And he or she holds their faith just for a moment, and then suddenly they're flying. And it is magnificent to see these students come out of the net fully transformed, thinking, oh, my God, if I can do that, what else 
am I capable of? And those are the words that drive me. Like, if I can do that, what else am I capable of? I'm writing that down. If I can do that, what else am I capable of? Yep. And that's them letting someone else hold their faith until they're ready to hold it themselves. It's all mm-hmm. about creating your 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 um, launch team, you know? Create a launch team. Even if it's just people for a moment that hold your faith while you're flying on the trapeze, that's somebody who believes in you, you know? Yes. To me, when you were training me to do <laughs> scary aerial things, it's so scary to be <laughs> but you so were always so encouraging. <laughs> Thank you. I hope You're so. Welcome. I hope I'm encouraging to people and inspiring. So. Absolutely, you are inspiring and encouraging and living that in your life. I you look forward too. to seeing you in, in L.A. or New Orleans whenever something coordinates would, for us. I would love that. Yes. Well, Definitely. thank you for taking your time, Christine, and I love you very much. I love you, too. My pleasure. Hope to see okay. you soon. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye that concludes my show today with Christine Van Lu. Find her at ChristineVanLu.com. She has fantastic videos on her website that will definitely inspire you to take the steps to living the life that you really, really want to. Your hell yes. And I wish you all a really great week and weekend. NOLA Therapy on social media. Connect with me and all of my love. Bye-bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.